Hello and welcome to Women in Confidence with me, Vanessa Murphy, HR expert, confidence coach and now podcaster. This podcast discusses all things to do with confidence in life and in work. And this is a podcast for women who want to learn what confidence is, how to obtain it and how to maintain it and learn how confidence can help you grow and flourish. Every week, I introduce you to amazing women who have interesting stories to tell about confidence. Through their stories, insights, hints and tips, you realise that a lack of self-belief or low self-esteem is common and also very human. But by listening to them, you'll take away what they have done to show up confidently on the inside as well as on the outside. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Women in Confidence. I cannot tell you how pleased I am to finally get my next guest, Heidi Holvert, on this. And I'm so pleased because we've had to cancel our recording a couple of times, once because I was poorly and then the second time Heidi wasn't well either. And so finally we've made it happen. So Heidi is an entrepreneur in heart and soul. She's been a nuclear physicist. She's worked in academia. She's been a financial training consultant in corporate. She's also an award-winning author and a baby sleep consultant in her own company, all while training and gradually fulfilling her mission as a strategic business coach. She's been in business online full-time for about 16 years, and she enjoys few things more than helping fellow women entrepreneurs to nail and achieve their big, bold and strategic vision, so that they always have lots of time and headspace for what truly matters to them in life. Right, Heidi, hello and welcome to Women in Confidence. Thank you for joining me this evening at my end, but morning your end. How are you? Hi, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. It's actually noon where I am. I'm in Paris, okay. France, and it's noon already. Yes, beautiful right. summery day. Yeah, so we we are recording at very different time zones and very different seasons. So I don't know, about eight o'clock at night here. And then Heidi, as you've already pointed out, your lunchtime over there and you're definitely summer because you're wearing um, a very small top and I'm winter here and you can't see it, but I'm wearing my Uggs and some very thick socks. So very, very yeah. different. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. What does having confidence mean to you? What does having confidence mean to me? I would say quite a lot of things. The first thing that comes to mind is feeling good when you're in a situation feeling like you have it in hand that you're not afraid to whether it's speak whether it's do something that you feel comfortable in who you are and what you're whatever it is you have to do in the situation you're in and would you say that you're a confident person I would say so yes um having in the lead up to to our talking today I've been talking thinking about what is confidence, what does it mean to me? And yes, I do feel confident in most situations and I feel happy to have that confidence. And for me, it's also important to truly feel that confidence and not have to fake it, which is something that um, I have had to do in the past and I do see happening with, with many people in my network as well because in our day and age it's often expected you know to come across as confident or fake it until you can make it which can be a helpful strategy at some time but yeah so that that is something that i noticed that there's often a lot of pressure to to come across as someone who has everything can do everything and with little space for vulnerability which Mm. 
I do feel is also important. And that is for me, the nice thing about, let's say in situations where I feel completely confident to also have the confidence to be vulnerable at the same time. Yeah. And that's real. There's a balance between that, isn't it? Because if you show too much vulnerability, people are like, well, then doubt your confidence. And yep. then if you're showing too much confidence, people think, well, you're arrogant and therefore you're not vulnerable. And so yep. how do you get that balance of the two? Mm, I, I don't know if I get that balance right. Uh, definitely not all the time. I think having, having some experience having you know i'm lucky enough to to be exposed to be in different situations often so having different experiences helps uh, being in touch with quite a lot of people helps as well to see who are you what's your stand on this how do you come across how do you really feel which is something that with clients sometimes i see the difference between first impression and then when you dig a little bit deeper and, and that helps. And I think that's how we as people grow to we learn from each other. Uh, we understand ourselves thanks to what we see in others. I was no, you asked about how to get that balance right. And um, it's always a, a game, right? But like I said, for me, it is always important to be able to, to, to be myself, not to have to fake it. And that, that really helps. You, you talked about your experiences and I get, and then you also said in the past, you've had to fake it. How have you now developed a more authentic confidence so that you don't have to fake it? Um, I would say experience and training. Let me maybe come up with, with one example from my quite distant past. Now I was, a, I was a young a student, um, a doctoral student and I was still learning a lot about business it was in, in nuclear physics I don't know if I've mentioned that and uh, so as I was new I was young I was uh, doing well I was doing my work well but whenever we were um, as a team with my uh, co-workers and mentors at a conference for example there were a lot of topics where I wasn't completely on top of them and then but I was eager to learn and also eager not to come across as the little student who didn't know anything, right? So I, I managed, managed to sort of fake it in a sense that, yeah, I participated in conversations and in that way learned, right? And I also learned, maybe the most important thing I learned at that point was to ask questions, not to afraid to ask questions, not to be afraid to ask questions so that you learn enough so that you can then become confident enough, have enough knowledge to, um, yeah, not to have to fake it anymore. But there are social situations in which you sort of have to fake it a little bit in order to, to claim your space a little bit, even though that might sound harsh, but there are situations where um, if you don't do it, you also don't get the chance to learn and get better. Mm. I really like what you're saying is that through your experiences of people and situations, you've been, and I guess you've, you've taken those experiences in a really open-minded way as an opportunity to learn. And so you, you've applied, I guess, a growth mindset to say this situation, I might feel uncomfortable and I might, you know, have a bit of, you know, the, the anxiety, the jitters, I might come across as perhaps a bit nervous, but you've taken that experience and you've applied it as a learning. I love that 
you've done that. And I think there's a lot of people who can, who are listening, who can also maybe change their mindset and go into situations where perhaps they are nervous and uncomfortable and lacking confidence, but they switch and say, actually, this is my opportunity to really learn from the people who are around me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think that is a, a very valuable thing to do. And it is also something that I notice in, in people that either in my direct network or, you know, more celebrities, it's often the people who ask the most questions and who ask the, the silly questions, so to say, who seem to be, who, who are very on top of, of what they're talking about. So that shows what a good way that is to, to gather information, both about the topic and the people you're uh, interacting with. Mm. And yeah, I do find that a very... You're a strategic business coach. So tell me yeah, what uh, what's you do, what's your, the, the whole of your job? or employment or enjoyment (laughs) (laughs) so as a strategic business coach i my approach is pragmatic going to the concrete so what i do with a business client is look at their business have a detailed deep dive into what exactly is happening right now what's the situation what do they stand for and so on then we hop on to uh, and this is just a brief setup of the of the process that we go through. We go to what I call the point B. What does their point B look like? Meaning, what do they want to achieve? How not only their business goals, of course, there's the revenue goals, there's the reach goals, impact goals, but there's also what do you want your life to look like? How do you want to feel? What do you want to be doing in your work hours? What do you want to be doing outside of your work hours? What are the sort of people you want to work with? So really a quite holistic view of what do you want to achieve and then my specific process goes what we do is we take that point d then by design develop their strategic roadmap as i call it for their entire business the exact concrete steps to get to that point b and do you get people coming to you who already have a business or they just have a business idea the most people that i work with have a business already an established business have um, either product or a service that sells well or that sells decently and they're just ready to be a bit more strategic about things to make sure that they don't fall into the trap of being of service to their business as I call it so that they're you know doing all the things working all the hours just to I have to go ahead I have to get ahead I have to go on I have to go on. whereas if you Take the time to take a step back and to really look into, okay, what's important to me? What do I really want to achieve? And then there's usually an enormous um, reduction in the amount of things that you need to do if you prioritize correctly and do things strategically. And your clients, are they predominantly female business owners? Yes, they are. They are women entrepreneurs, yes. And so the women who come to you and these entrepreneurs and business, business owners what shows up for them? So you talked about doing an overview of the the business and you actually talk about what they want to achieve in their life and their work life. Uh-huh. What yeah. shows up regarding confidence when they come to you? Um, that's actually a, a really interesting one. So regarding confidence, I would say that most of the women that I'm lucky enough to work with are quite confident. I do believe that you... Don't start a business if you have if you lack that important characteristic of being confident about, okay, I have something, a service or a product 
with which I can be of service or make someone's life more enjoyable, whichever it is. So, so they do come with a good deal of confidence in that respect about what they're here to offer, what they're here to do. What I do notice is that there's often this less of confidence in terms of, am I doing the right things? Am I going to be able to achieve whatever this kind of goal is they have? And those are the, the, the exact things that the roadmap that I set up with them then helps with because you come out with this very concrete plan, action steps and all, that you know is designed on what you actually want to achieve. And, and we see that in the results as well. So, so then you actually know, okay, if I do this and this and this, I can, first of all, block out all the background, the noise that I don't have to focus on. And I really focus on what we know are the priorities. And then they see the, so they have that, that clarity, knowing that what they do on any given day has a good reason, for, there's a good reason for them to do it. And then there's also that they start seeing the results and okay, this, this, this works and I am getting the results that I wanted now and I'm achieving this lifestyle that I wanted much sooner than, than most people expect. So, mm. and that of course helps with, with your confidence because, because then, you know, okay, I, I don't have to second guess everything that I do on a day in terms of work, in terms of working with potentially a team, in terms of taking time off which often causes anxiety, unless you know that, okay, I don't have to be doing anything right now because everything's in place, everything's is running. And when, the, so when they come to you and that you're saying that there's a distraction, there, there's so much going on and so much noise, there's such a, a pressure. I mean, I, I run a business, I know what it's like and I've got a full-time job, so it's like doubly bad. There's so much noise and things that we think as business owners we should be doing we should be on social media we should be doing pr we should be you know reaching out to clients and so it goes how do you help your clients then to say okay that there is this distraction of whatever it's the accountant you've got to speak to you've got to do taxes how do you get them to really hone in on the things that matter so therefore like you're saying if you do the things that matter that's where you get your confidence how how can you get them to shut out all those that noise and those expectations on them as a business owner there's a couple of ways in which that happens one is i ask questions i sometimes it's often a question and and every business owner can do that every day like why am I doing this with any one task you do throughout the day? Why am I doing this? And in the, in the sense that not just why am I doing this? Okay, I'm running a business. I feel I need to do this. No, what exactly is this task going to lead to? Will it lead to something else, like another task that needs this as a pre-requirement? Or will it lead to a next step in my business? Will it lead to this or that sale I want to make, this or that product I want to create. Yeah. So that is the first question. Sometimes even just asking that question can make, can remind you, oh, no, I'm actually doing this out of habit or because I saw someone else doing this, right? Because that is often the, the case. Next question would be, if you feel that this is something that you have to do, did you have to do that right now? Did you have to do that in more detail or in less detail? So, so those are questions, like I said, that you can ask, what do I do, first of all, with my time? 
how do I use my time for this or that task? Does it actually contribute to what I want to achieve? And then if you have this strategic roadmap that I talked about that we create as your backup, then you always know, okay, was this part of my roadmap? Yes or no. And in terms of then working on them, because you were saying, you know, if you get the process mm-hmm. and you get the roadmap and you've really set out your strategy and you, you've asked some amazing questions that really probably stop them in their tracks a little bit. How, when do you start or how do you start working on them as a person and a business owner? Often happens throughout, right? Like, like I said, with, with the questions, another eye-opening, and I, quite an eye-opener often is I often work with numbers. So I open a spreadsheet. I start putting in some numbers, whether it's about pricing, whether it's their team or themselves, time use, whether it's offers, how to, how to create them, how to structure them. And that is often a realization that they say, oh, now that we look at the numbers, which everyone has the numbers more or less in their minds, right? But it's mm-hmm. when you write them down specifically in a spreadsheet and together with me, I'm quite, you know, I, I can dig quite deep with that. And that's often when they say, hey, this is something that I, I know now and I can work with now. And that, was it. that is when sort of a transformation starts. Okay, when I have something concrete like this, that helps me to really understand what's happening, right? That, that makes things concrete. And then you can take your, your decisions, steps, whatever is necessary to, to work from there. And then when you ask about a more, a more personal on themselves, working on them is, how would I say it? It's, it's really inter, intertwined in everything that we do. There's a lot of, so part of the work that we do is clarity. So exactly where are you exactly what do you want to be doing who are your clients who do you want to be working what exactly are you offering in terms of this service and product is that really something and i I don't ask the question is that really something you want to do but based on the questions that i ask and there's the realization sometimes that "Hmm, yes this is really aligned with myself or if it isn't what do i need to change is there a change in myself uh, is there a change in what I want to be offering? And do you get clients who go, you know what, Heidi, you're so right. This, this isn't something I want to do anymore. Through you asking questions and being curious and deep diving into the business, they, they'd never really had the honesty, I suppose, to, want to, to respond and say, actually, this, you know, this, probably this product line or this service or even this business is just not for me anymore. Yeah, it's happened. Um, not the, the example of an entire business mm. saying like the entire business isn't for me anymore. I haven't I had clients with that, but I have worked with people who during our work together realized that, okay, this is a service that I thought I had to offer. It was like in this particular example, I'm thinking about it, it was a, a group setting, a group training that this person was offering. And she felt that somehow she thought she had to do it, where she kept telling me that how much she enjoyed the one-on-ones, how much more valuable, how much more results she got from the one-on-ones and then another kind of offer that she was getting. And then we, we came to the conclusion that, no, she didn't have to do the, the, the group setting anymore. It didn't contribute to what she wanted to achieve with the business. I'm really glad you say that because there are so many women and 
probably even myself who do one-to-one coaching and love it, really enjoy it. But we feel under pressure perhaps to do group and do a course and give away free fees and create a PDF and (laughs) la, 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 la. And so it goes. And then you get so far away from what I want to do, which is one-to-one coaching because I'm spending all my time doing stuff on my course you know all that stuff. I'm sort of bringing yeah. it back to myself but I you know apply that to any business yeah and you're yeah you're absolutely right and I see it happening a lot and one of the things behind that is that we all have access to all this information right where we see other businesses what they do social media is full of people sharing with us how great their business is going and the exact things that they are doing and then it's in our nature, I suppose, to, okay, you see someone being really successful building a course and it sounds very attractive because it's like an, an ongoing money machine, as they call it. And you have little input to give and you keep reiterating the same content and you have an endless stream of, of money coming in. Now, that is something that works for some people, for some businesses, but it doesn't have to be the case for every business. But that is something that's easily forgotten when you see a success like that, whether it's with a course, like I said, or with a group setting or with a one-on-one. For some businesses, one-on-ones make, make less sense, right? Yeah, there's just so much to do. And you mentioned it earlier yeah. about doing all the things. And if you're, all the things. if you're like a small business owner, you do all the things and then... more expectation and you draw yourself away probably without really acknowledging it or even being aware of it from your core business and the thing you really started the business for um yeah because you see all these these things exactly like we said so you see a course they're doing well you see a a a, like a a book selling well oh yeah probably i have to write a book and then there's social media which someone is selling all the time super easily from from instagram so maybe i have to work on my instagram And uh, you know this too, and everyone listening, I'm sure, knows this. There is so much out there showing us successes that may make us feel like, oh, I have to do that as well. But it it isn't true. That's the simple truth. Because and and I quickly see that when I, you know, open the lid into uh, a business when I when I start working with with uh, the business owner, is that okay? This is what you want to be doing. This is what you what you want to achieve then this and potentially this sort of offer makes sense for you, but not all the Mm. 85 other things that that you see other people doing. Sometimes it's a matter of making a choice, of course, because it could be that for your business, Vanessa, forget about the one-on-ones, make one brilliant course and you'll be happy and and good forever. (laughs) It could be. Um, Based on what you said about the one-on-ones, it probably isn't, but but (laughs) imagine it could be, but... If that's not what you want to do, if that's not you, then that's not going to be a good strategy mm. for your business. So, so it is about making choices and for us together to dig deep into what really matters to you and what you really want to be doing. And that's mm. what is going to work for your business. Can I quickly yeah, add yeah, just go because you, you mentioned one-on-ones? Because I, I do feel that there's one-on-ones have extremely high value more and more because as you know, the last couple of years, courses and group trainings have been like, you know, the, the, everything that's good um, because they are supposedly easier to make money and they require less input from the, the, the main person. But to me, in everything that I see, that's only increased the value of true one-on-ones, of making true connections 
um, whether it's on Zoom or in person, making those true connections and creating something together or solving a problem together, healing together, whatever is, is the, the coaching or the work we'll do together. That value of the one-on-ones is, yeah, not to be forget. Mm. I guess, yeah, you're right. The, the whole course thing just had its, maybe had its moment because we couldn't get out of our houses, but the market, I noticed it, the market got really saturated and, so everyone seemed to be selling the course and I got a bit bored of it really. So yeah, you're, the value of the one-to-one is so important. And do you yeah. see in your clients, I don't like this phrase, but it's the one that I'm going to use because people know it, imposter syndrome. Do you mm-hmm. see many people coming in and they say, okay, I've got 85 things to do and I don't belong in this environment unless I do eight, the 85 things. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Uh, imposter syndrome, yes. Yeah, I imposter hate that syndrome. Term. Comparison, yeah, I, I don't like it either, but it's it's yeah, it works. that way we instantly know what we're talking about. And uh, so there's imposter syndrome, there's comparisonitis, also a lot of that, unfortunately. And yes, I think it's it's uh, widely spread. I would say a lot of us, I wouldn't say suffer, because some people truly suffer. It can hold them back from doing what they would be doing if they weren't bothered by it. I think being aware of it and working with people who, uh, like mindset coaches, uh, like you, can really help them to to see. Okay, and again, like with the strategic work that I do, is take a step back. What is really going on? And from there, you can do a lot of, you know breaking down those those barriers breaking down whatever imposter syndrome is is causing and then and then step over it do you and, recall and and regain your confidence i'm sorry to no sorry we're, I'm so, we're basically busy trying to <laughs> chat and it's amazing but i was gonna say uh, do you recall a moment when you felt imposter syndrome imposter syndrome maybe i would maybe more talk about comparisonitis mm. when it's about myself and I actually want, that's actually the exact thing I wanted to say when, when we interrupted each other. <laughs> it was that um, because we talked about being confident before and I was going to say that with everything. So if you and I only do it limitedly, so I don't go onto the social media more than, than I have to strictly. But when you go on there and you see whether it's uh, huge success stories or people's stories in general of their lives and what it is they're doing or just people people's everyday Instagram pictures, right? I always say that, like I said, I feel I'm a confident person. And even f- I know that I feel that impacting me. If I spend too much time on the social media, I feel that risk of comparisonitis is there that you start, oh, wow, this one's doing really great. And even though I know for a lot of businesses, I hope most of them are truthful, but I do know a lot of successes that are shared aren't you know, true, but that's fair enough. But even then, even knowing that, and even being a confident person, it's it just happens, that feeling of, okay, they are doing great. Am I doing well enough? Should I be doing different things? Should I be doing similar things, right? It's, it's, it's in our nature. Mm. So that, and if, if you don't have that sort of experience and confidence built up already, I think it's even, it makes it even harder. And it's actually a sad thing. Maybe something that we should talk about more. I mean, in general, in, in whether it's on the socials or, or wherever, you know, 
us entrepreneurs talk together to talk about that more and to protect ourselves against it a little bit to maybe take it for what it is so all the the glamour stories and and there is value in there in in seeing examples and seeing other women do well that that is fantastic that's amazing but to always remind ourselves i think to take a step back and really look at okay so what is this what does this mean for me and at every instant next step i would say center on yourself take time away from the social media from wherever you feel influenced and spend some time really with yourself think about what you've accomplished what you enjoy and what's really you and i think when you take even a few moments doing that really centers you again and and can help dampen the effect of whether it's comparisonitis, imposter syndrome, and then really focus again on what it is you're here to do and who you can help and nothing else matters in that. I think it's a bit like you were talking about your point B is does looking at social media, I'll use that example because it's so prevalent, but Mm -hmm. is spending my time on social media comparing myself to others, comparing myself to people who are not even like me or even Mm -hmm. want to do anything like me? Yeah. Is that going to get me to my point B? And I think asking that question is so important because spending 20 minutes yeah. or probably even more for some people on Instagram thinking, why am I not X, Y, Z is just not going to get them to where they want to be. So don't do it. Don't Break do it. the habit. Yeah, Because social yeah. is a That's habit. It is a habit. Let's face it. I mean, I look at my kids and they're like constantly on it. You take them off yeah, because- social media and they have a meltdown. Yeah, no, it's true, and it's 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 one of the reasons is because it's entertaining, right? You, so you don't you don't have to think about anything else to do. You can just sit there and not have to do anything, and you're being entertained, and that's what makes it so you know habit forming and so easy to do. And the sad thing is that so you don't unless here or there you might pick up a useful business tip, right? I'm not going to ignore that. There there is good value on there. Uh, so that's good. What what else are you getting out? You won't feel great because of you know the comparisons going on. And after half an hour or more, you feel bad. Oh, I wasted half an hour of my time. But it's a complicated discussion because at the same time, I have made wonderful connections. You and I met on social mm-hmm. media on it Facebook, is. right? So so again, there's there's this balance we all need to find, I think. And again, keep having conversations like this one I think to um to be open to be upfront about how we all experience the social media and the drawbacks and the advantages I think I've had my best guests largely through Through my Facebook Facebook. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and being in groups where I've already seen them and what they're they're talking about and some of their themes I think that's really really important so yeah I'm not going to completely yeah, in that it, sense it helps and, and some people have some people do interact on instagram and they have genuine conversations whether it's in the comments or in the dms it's uh, just a different medium and and yeah like you just mentioned for you facebook is is more of that uh, medium for other people it's instagram but again coming back to that being strategic okay some of the socials can and are helpful but it's a matter of choosing the one that works for you. I know mm-hmm. I have clients who do fantastically well on Instagram. I personally have deleted my Instagram account a couple of months ago. So it's for, for every business to decide what is truly useful. 
when you say you're a strategic business coach, just clarify what you mean by strategic, because I think some people think, oh, I'm being strategic, but they're not. And I just clarify that for me. And also for people who are listening. Being strategic for me is take a step back, look at the entire picture, then be very pragmatic in my case and concrete to look at again i'm going to repeat myself but what are the priorities what actually matters and then actually creating a strategy so for example part of what i do is we look into pricing you can tag a name it price tag for any kind of thing that you that you offer and then just play with it that is one strategy actually you can be a bit more um, more strategic about it and really look into, okay, what does this price mean for myself, for my business? How, what's the, our market situation with that, our market position with that price, with that offer? How does this kind of pricing or any kind of pricing come across to my client? How is the, um, how do they perceive the value of that offer? Looking at all of that and then creating a pricing strategy in terms of putting a price tag on it or adjusting the offer in terms of a price level that you can offer experiments with different prices. So all of that can be a strategy, which in my case will always be fed by what do you ultimately want to achieve? Simple example, if you can help a client with whatever transformation, let's say, and it costs them, it, it doesn't cost you a lot of, how to say, effort to create that with them. So it takes you, let's say 30 minutes with a client and you can create that transformation. You can say, oh, I can do, uh, so half an hour, I can do 10 of those a day, right? So if only I charge a hundred dollars for it, I'll have had a good day. But is that what you want to be doing all day, every day? And then when you look at the numbers, how many hours will you be working? How many clients will you need to achieve your income goals? How will that work out? Is that going to be sustainable for you? Are you going to be happy doing 10 half hour sessions every day for the next six months say, to achieve, if you achieve with that your goal, mm. right? So I, I just use very simple numbers here and, and a silly example, but that is what I find important in being strategic is to look at everything that's going in there, the whole picture, take a bit of distance and look into the future as well. Where is it going to lead you? Because that is how you can decide whether this or that strategy is important. And what do you think it's about you, Heidi, that makes you good at your job, makes you a really good strategic business coach? <laughs> I find that a difficult question <laughs> to talk about, about myself this way. I would say I don't know. What, what people tell me is that they find me um, easy to talk to. Um, I and I acknowledge that, that I have a lot of empathy and I have a way to really dive into a business and to really, um, like I said earlier, open the lid and look into everything that's going on. And then I have a way to then indeed help that client take that step back so that they can also see that big picture. And I can help them look into the future because I can sort of see sometimes literally in my mind to all the aspects of their business and how I can see them structure themselves and then we put that onto a, that roadmap yeah to really lead into that that future that point b that, that they want mm. I know if that answers your question it's uh, 
I, I, I did. I can't remember if I asked you this when we first met, but I, I guess I made the assumption that you would probably be quite logical as well. And you dropped it in very, very quietly that you used to be a nuclear physicist. And the reason why when we first met, I thought, oh, maybe you're logical is because physicists, I imagine they're very, not formulaic, because that makes them sound boring, but do you know that sort of, they can take things and work through things in a procedure and a pattern, which I imagine some of the stuff you do is, is taking people through that logically. I mean, do you yeah. draw on anything from your early career? Yeah, I, I think so. And exactly in the way that you just explained that um, I'm probably not consciously, I'm not on the daily consciously a physicist because that, that's not how it works, but it was my the foundation of my education, right? And uh, an exciting period where I learned a lot about many things, but also about thinking through a problem analytically and trying to understand it make sense of it and yes and as you explained it then that's exactly what i do in my uh, strategic business work is to really look into yeah to analyze what's happening and to make sense of it what's your one piece of advice heidi for women who are listening and they think i just want to build some confidence around being in a business owner what would you recommend that they did so having a business saying what could i do to be more confident in my business mm. is to the first thing, what I mentioned earlier, is to take a few moments, even if just once, but if you can do it a few times a week, to center on yourself, to really sit down with yourself, block out everything else, your, your to-do list, everything you wanted to do uh, that day. Of course, the socials, but also your, your computer, basically, your phone. And to really have sit with yourself and have a think, Maybe write down if, if you enjoy that because journaling or any form of writing can definitely help, just pen and paper. And write down what it is you do to help people. Help can be in the form of actually helping, healing, coaching, uh, can be offering a product that helps them or make their life more enjoyable. What do you do for other people? Why does your business exist? Be super honest with yourself. No one else is listening. Also look into yourself. Why why am I doing this? Am I What's the joy for me here? Is it, do I enjoy working with people one-on-one? -on -one, like pick up the earth? Do I enjoy creating this jewelry I'm making? Um, do I enjoy creating these strategies? Uh, that sort of thing. So, so very regularly centering on yourself, I would say, is a first step so that you keep coming back to that and realizing, hmm, I don't need to compare myself with others because this is me. This is what I do. Well, Heidi, how can, how can people find you if they are curious about the work you do? How can people um, sort of find you on mainly on the internet? I think the easiest, the best is to go to my website, HeidiHolvoot.com. So just my name.com. And there they will find a little bit about me. They'll always find my most recent. I currently have a, a pricing time money spreadsheet on it that people can download. And... Um, if that changes in the future, they can. They will always find a an easy way to contact me through there. Mm. Well, we know you're not on Instagram. <laughs> they so won't they you won't find you there. me on Instagram. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> on LinkedIn, though. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> I will put all those details in the notes anyway, so anybody who's listening um, can use the links that I put in the notes and find you, and hopefully um, connect thank with you. you. So Heidi, yeah. thank you very much for being on Women in Confidence. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've been talking for, for about, well, I'm my clock saying about 45 minutes and it goes so quickly. 
Because yes, it went really quickly. We could really have gone on for, for quite a bit longer, I think. But it was really, really fun to talk with you. Vanessa. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for listening to Women in Confidence, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please like it, share it, comment on it, and if you want to, sponsor it. If you'd like to take part in my podcast or know somebody who would make a perfect guest, then please email me on contact at vanessa-murphy.com. That's contact at vanessa-murphy.com. Until next time.